Hello, and welcome to episode 166 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Taylor King and Ben Napier, the team behind Garlic and Bow Meet, I'm sorry, Meet and Angel of Death uh, on Kickstarter now. Tyler, uh, thanks so much for, for coming back on the podcast. Uh, for anybody who didn't listen to that, that first episode, uh, could you give us a quick bio about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'm Taylor King, and uh, I'm the writer of Glurk and Bow, Meet an Angel of Death. And uh, Ben and I uh, started out just wanting a project, you know, during the pandemic. And I sort of had a loose uh, story already, just sort of like scary things happening in a spaceship, basically. And, uh, and then it kind of turned into this six series like indie comic that we're, that we've been putting a lot into. Very cool. And uh, Ben, uh, thanks so much for, for coming back. You are the, the, the sort of the publishing force behind this book. Is that right? Right. I'm the, the editor and then uh, taking all the, all the pub publishing related beatings. Nice. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a difficult job to have sometimes. I love it though. I'm into cool. it. Uh, so I, I, I remember when we talked on the first one, you guys gave me the cool sort of uh, this meets this that was like Pineapple Express meets an Arthur C. Clarke book. Um, but do you guys want to give me a, an elevator pitch beyond that? Okay. Uh, well, we have two space truckers and they're sort of out in the outer reaches of the solar system. And they are set upon by a nightmarish dark energy creature that they don't fully understand or are even totally aware of, but it sort of brings out um, fears and, and memories from their subconscious to sort of learn about them and then be sets upon them to sort of feed off of their energy. And then from there, we have like a whole six, uh, six issue story like lined, lined up after that. Very nice. So when we talked the first time, you guys hadn't launched the Kickstarter. Um, at that point, was the was the first issue done, or were you guys sort of working up to finishing that first issue at the launch of the Kickstarter? We definitely had the uh, had the issue finished prior to launching the Kickstarter. I want to say that we were. I, I think, think we were really, really close to finish when we last talked. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Matt Crotzer was about to letter the book again for us. Is where we were last time we talked. And that's got to be a huge relief for you guys to know that um, you guys are able to shift your focus from, I'm assuming for, for Tyler, you're shifting your focus to, you know, creation of, of future issues. Yeah. And, and Ben, right now, you're, you're sort of pounding the, the, the digital pavement to, to get word out. But like, you guys don't have to sit there and think about this product that I'm, you know, I'm taking to people, I'm trying to get people to do. Um, it's done. So, you know, you don't have any of those sort of um, you know, production sort of dividing your attention. So now you, you know, it's focus on getting the word out, focus on making more issues. So that's got to be a relief to you guys. Yeah, a huge, and, and also a learning, you know, we're, we've been super into the learning process of this the whole time. And once we finished, like we finished one and then um, like we kind of gave me a month or two to finish number two. Mm -hmm. which was, you know, I, I finished that around, we kind of set ourselves a October deadline, like October 19th. And it was sort of a rush to get it in there, but it was like, it happened a little faster, like on my end, like script writing and, and getting in sort of um, 
design descriptions for settings and other characters and whatnot, getting that all to our artist, Tom, Tom Hoskison. Um, and then once that happened, it was like, okay, now let's, you know, I'm into number three right now. Um, and, you know, Ben and I had a, had a conversation of just like, and it was probably more on my end, just sort of a performance anxiety of just like, no, 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 I don't want anyone to be waiting on me. And I kind of like to take my time creatively, like let an idea come to me, let it sort mm -hmm. of cook on its own a little bit. Um, but we did talk very specifically about, I want to get ahead of the production process. So like right now I'm working on three. So that way when we're done with two, three is ready to go, four is ready to go, you know, mm -hmm. basically get ahead of it. Cause we are talking about doing um, other IP like after this as well. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to have a lot, um, a lot prepared. And I think, and you know, that's just part of the learning process that we're going through of like how to make the production very smooth and to get a bunch of stuff out there, um, you know, in a cool way, but in a, in a less stressful way as well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think sort of as the, as the writer, you're sort of that first step in the, the creative process. And, you know, uh, a lot of times it, it follows the flow of writer, line art, ink, coloring, and lettering. And like, if, if you're the writer sort of at that first like building block of it, you know, you could mess up everything. And then like the letterer might have like, you know, let's just say something like three, four days to like turn an issue around. So it's very important for that, that first piece to sort of keep the, the you know the collective creative wheel moving and stuff like yeah. that so and not make it go backwards like a big deal like with our artists uh tom and jimmy g like all of them were saying like don't make us go back and do stuff like because mm -hmm. it's just gonna make the process slower mm -hmm. it's gonna make everyone stressed out so like get it right the first time so that is kind of like a you know but I think a cool thing as a writer is to write something and then move on to the next thing. Like, I think that's a, that's a huge piece. It would be really easy to write something over and over and over, you know, and, and constantly feel like you need to perfect the same thing, but really the better thing may be to just, you know, finish something. And then that's kind of what we felt like with the first one. It was like, let's finish something, mm -hmm. get it out. And we're getting good feedback for it. But, it was almost like a first one done. Okay, now let's move on and keep going and, and let the momentum kind of carry us forward. Yeah. yeah, I think there's like a like a, a done, um, not perfect saying, like you have to sort of, you know, finish it and you could you could live in sort of that uh, analysis pie paralysis by sort of going back and trying to redo things a lot of times. Like uh, the first comic I worked on, um, you know, I would sort of trade notes with the artist and um, it was a lot of times where he would be working at night and I would go to sleep and I would wake up to a new page and then we could sort of go through that. But there was one time where, um, you know, we had talked and I thought we were moving on to, um, you know, finish up some, uh, a new page, but then I woke up to him going back three pages and like redoing faces. And I was like, Hey man, I thought that page was done. Like we can, we can redo that face a million times, but we gotta, we gotta yeah. keep moving forward. So it sounds like that, that's a lot of the stuff you guys are dealing with. And, and it's also having trust in the team that you build, you know, mm -hmm. like 
we just, we love Tom's work now. And so it's almost like, yeah, good job. We know it's good. We like it. You know, when we get a new page, like we are, I think we're maybe less sort of anticipating about like each page that comes out because Mm -hmm. we know that we're going to trust Tom and like, and maybe there'll be a few things in the layouts that we talk about, but pretty much when we get a page now, it's like, okay, that's cool. We're, we're really happy with that. You've, and we have conversations beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's like you were saying, and we do have a similar situation like um, because Tom is in another hemisphere. He's in Australia. So we do definitely have that like waking up to a new page kind of thing, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, So has the process evolved um, with Tom over from like issue one to issue two? Do you um, maybe as the first time working together, was there more sort of description that you were giving him? But as you guys are able to sort of build that trust, you guys sort of knew the world of uh, of these two characters. You didn't have to give him as much description. Um, how, How did that work from one to two? I think you're definitely spot on with that. There were less drafts of the script and stuff. And we did have, I think the biggest thing was we, we gave a lot more information beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he was very adamant. I'm like, I don't want to start on an unfinished script, Mm -hmm. you know, and we had conversations about specific design aspects. So like in the second one, we're going to a space station. And so we had very specific conversations about the design of the space station, um, the planetary body that it orbits around. We had very specific conversations about all those settings and sort of um, new characters that we brought in. We kind of talked about how they would act and, and move and stuff. So definitely getting that information at the, at the front, I think is the main difference. Um, I think so. What do you think, Ben? Is there anything else? Talking about just about the process for difference from script two, two to one. Just really having that, you know, having kind of taken our lumps and learned, you know, through the process from mm-hmm. the first one, I think in, informed it a lot. Like when it was time, when it was time for you to crank out, you know, the last several pages in a day, it was, I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, we got to do this. And then we ended the conversation. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. And then the next day you're like, oh, it's done. <laughs> and so that was, that was great. I think we're, you know, we're kind of rising to the occasion a little bit. Very cool. Bad. So at what point did you guys uh, sort of make the decision or did this happen from the beginning that it was going to be six issues? I think it was about halfway. Well, Hmm. Yeah, that's ba- a good question. Basically, the first issue started as a one shot. It started as yeah. a closed one shot, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of test pilot uh, guinea pig situation because we had another, you know, we have that other IP, you know, looming on the horizon uh, that we wanted to make and we initially wanted to do as a monthly. And, you know, it, it made way more sense to just try and get a book out and see, mm-hmm. you know, learn as much as we can from that process before we tried to put any kind of plan into place to do a monthly book, which now we know is like, super demanding and you know to kind of nigh impossible for people in our position but so uh the book started as a one shot and it started as a 22 page one shot and i think once we were about maybe five or six pages deep um you know we realized that the kind of like we had the synergy between the um the artist and the colorist and everybody was you know really digging the story and felt like it was you know unique and was going to have legs 
and uh so we decided to you know to turn it into a limited series we wanted to we wanted to kind of make sure we gave ourselves an out and kind of had a way to tie it up and and kind of give ourselves closure so that it wasn't like Hemin and Han about mm -hmm. you know cliffhangers or or potential or leaving breadcrumbs you know for the future or anything um but so yeah turning it into a, a limited series you know kind of made the most sense in, in terms of a goal that we could you know we could commit to and still handle it was kind of organic as well in the way like similar to how our team just sort of came together and worked uh when i was trying to do sort of outlines and like thinking about the story and we were already having conversations about tying the universe of our upcoming series to this one you know so they're actually kind of a, a whole universe together um and so was, i i do remember like either like sending you sending ben a text or like calling him and so, something kind of like a little sheepish and be like hey man i don't think we can tell this story in just one issue i i feel i'm sorry but i think i need more and he was like yeah let's do it <laughs> yeah so you know it was it, you know it just kind of came around that way so with one being on kickstarter now two sort of fully sort of or close to fully written and three being started do you sort of have like tentpole moments that you're sort of thinking like this is four this is like a key act and five and then you sort of know how you're gonna wrap it up in six i, it, I I'm, I'm thinking that's the case but you know knowing how it's going to end probably helps you out a lot right yeah i that's big for me and i do want to write things that are kind of open-ended but just in in my taste i like to know the ending so i do have like a full six issue story arc um and maybe a little details change but i pretty much have the whole thing lined up and really kind of the larger universe even for the monthly or whatever it ends up being afterwards um is pretty much determined there may be some things that we can add in there but you know i definitely uh took to heart just wanting to have a you know a, a big picture vision for the whole story um because i'm really into large universes like that like dune Mm -hmm. And when I was a little kid, even like looking into like Star Wars expanded universe and in super into like Star Trek universe and just like learning about the large lore, you know, like Middle Earth going back to reading the Silmarillion. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like a little bit of that performance of just like, man, I, you know, I want somebody to be able to dig into this. And, and we like having like little cookies of details and stuff that maybe in 10 issues that sort of whole story comes together that whole circle comes together but the payoff will be like oh man you know i i'm really into that kind of thing so i would say yes i know what's going to happen <laughs> and is that something that you are sharing with ben and other members of the team or is that something yeah. at this point you're okay so they're all yeah, we sort do of have aware a core of it. that knows like tom after the, when we finished the first one or even before we finished the first one he was like i want to draw the rest of these and okay. we were super happy like <laughs> about having like that consistency but then he was you know let into the into the inner sanctum trusted enough to not uh, spill the uh the details right yeah yeah um so do you guys sort of have um 
like I, you guys are obviously very close and communicate a lot, but do you guys sort of have like, uh, you know, team calls uh, periodically to just sort of bring everybody together and sort of say, this is the state of this. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, we meet this deadline and stuff like that. Yeah, basically we've, we've had, uh, we sort of do, I think so far it's been like two or three Skype calls per book Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, typically it's uh, the three of us. And then, you know, sometimes we've had, we've had Jimmy on. It is, it is really awesome to have all four of us on. It's only happened, I think one or twice, but it is, we do totally get that like, you know, rehearsal room vibe. Like we're just, you know, we're just all in the band joshing, which is pretty awesome. Nice. Having, having been a part of many, you know, collaborative teams for different kind of projects, you know, like that's, that's a rare vibe and is sort of one of the most important parts of the, the process for me. Very cool. So I have a couple of questions about uh, the Kickstarter. Um, so you guys, this has been on Kickstarter for roughly what a week, ten days. Is that about right? It'll be a week tomorrow. Yeah, a week tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the ups and downs of Kickstarter. Um, you know, there's there's the, there's a thrill of hitting the launch button. You know, seeing the the first couple of you know pledges come in, and there's a there's a lot of sort of excitement there. Um, have you guys seven days in? Have you guys hit that 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 dreaded sort of dead zone yet, or or, or how's that working out for you? I think we've hit part that everybody calls the dead zone but i'm sort of uh not necessarily refusing to acknowledge it but refusing to (laughs) you know to kind of um take that that feeling that goes along with calling that i think we basically hit you know kind of where i intended for us to be Mm -hmm. and we sort of have a lot of other things uh in mind for the rest of the campaign you know to help us kind of get out of that dead spot and and keep moving we've had a lot of a lot of luck with you know podcasts and live stream appearances our our live stream that we did on the first um did not go perfectly or flawlessly but still went way better than i was afraid it might cool. <laughs> and so we had a we had another one scheduled for the we have another live stream scheduled for the 15th and then another one after that scheduled for the 29th and so we're hoping that we can uh you know reach out to to our friends and, and other comic communities and things like that and entice people to join us and learn more about the book enjoy our our musical guests and such nice so you guys um you know by all accounts it seems like you guys set a a modest funding goal for 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 this first issue which i assume is by design um which has got to be um helpful in a way that you guys you guys have hit that um and so even though you you're in a dead zone it's not as stressful as a dead zone could be or, you know, um, so um, I don't know if I've seen it, anything, you know, checking on the Kickstarter, um, but what are your thoughts as, as far as like, are you guys, you know, holding like stretch goals or, or updates uh, close to the vest at this point? We are still, <clears throat> by all accounts, we totally should have already announced some stretch goal action. And we're still kind of hemming and hawing about what we want to, uh, what we want to promise to people. Mm-hmm initially i had gone into it you know i sort of i'm in the comics launch community that tyler sure. james runs and so um i've been sort of way way heavily invested in the process and learning about the process but sort of right around the time that i was ready to dive in and start doing all of the things after uh after kind of watching the whole course i went back to work full time and so i've been you know kind of grasping at straws and trying to get 
get everything done as thoroughly as I would like. And so um, I think we basically, you know, we made the, we made the goal low enough to, to trigger the algorithm, you know, with what we thought we would be, you know, bring in on our, you know, kind of friends and family kind of immediate, uh, immediate reach situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, from there, the, the plan was always to kind of try and hit the Kickstarter platform as hard as we could and, you know, trigger their algorithms and everything so that we could get, you know, unique eyes on the project and, and find more readers that, that don't know us and aren't, you know, aren't intimately familiar with us and, and wondering when the comic's going to be done. <laughs> yeah. And I think one thing that also might be helpful at this point is, is like a lot of times if you go into Kickstarter or you get notified of a project and you look at it and it's, you know, 60 70 percent funded you go and you back it and then there's sort of that time where you're like you know is this going to happen but now i can go in look at that kickstarter back it and know that it's already it's it's you know at at the very least this you know funding goal has been reached it's a done deal you guys have the book done it's 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 taking a lot of guessing of the guessing game out for the, the the backer as as well right because there's, you know, a lot of times, like I, for my own personal experiences, like, you know, I've been, I've been following a campaign um, as a backer and I get invested in like, you know, it's not even my project, but I'll go and I'll, I'll check in on it and see how it's doing. And then there's sort of like, oh man, it's a disappointment of the, those guys. I was, you know, I spent so many days checking on their page and, you know, waiting two weeks, hoping that they would get it. And then they just came up a little bit short, but that's not a case here. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like a lot of that was, um, you know, just trying to be cautious about the election and about the economy and, you know, really just trying not to dig ourselves a hole that was too deep to get out of, basically, just trying to make sure that we could, you know, that we could, you know, put a notch in the belt for a successful backed and fulfilled campaign, you know, as we keep as we keep the uh, the issues coming out, because being being that we're dark horses, you know, on Kickstarter, Mm-hmm. It really like, you know, this is kind of our, our proving ground and our, our chance to make a good impression on people and, and all those things. And so we didn't want to set ourselves up to fail, basically. So did you of- launch a few days before the election or, or how on did that first? Work? Okay. So did you notice any sort of like drop off, like on election day, like with people being sort of so sort of. I know I have to admit I've been doom scrolling through through Twitter the whole Same. time just trying to figure out what's going on. So did you yeah. see like um did you see any results of maybe less backers coming in that day than you would have, you know, kind of hoped or from the, obviously a lot of projects have that sort of initial spike, you know, like if I launch a Kickstarter my mom's super excited and she comes in on day 1, but you know, um you know day three day four typically the it starts to slow down and then you guys are doing it in probably the one of the craziest times you know we're holding an election a highly contested election during a pandemic like what was that day like for you i don't really remember i mean i think uh tuesday i don't i'm not sure that it was election that really slowed it down because I think at that point we had already met the $600 goal. So I think it was more of just sort of the quote unquote dead zone slowdown. Um, but I do remember on the first, or maybe it was the, the day before, 
uh, or no, it was Sunday morning. I was doing an appearance on an Australian show. And so, and then Ben was up really early and like launched uh, the campaign super early on Sunday morning. And I was up early to, you know, talk to uh, Australians, Australians. (laughs) And there were already backers and stuff. And it was like, oh man, this Mm -hmm. is really cool. And throughout the course of that day, we were kind of watching it. And so I don't think I noticed any, you know, any dip on Tuesday other than just sort of a natural, Mm -hmm. like we had our big push on the first and second days Mm -hmm. and, you know, so it didn't really feel like that actually affected it. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's more a case of just, you know, the, the campaign itself is not, you know, attractive (laughs) enough. Like there are a lot of things that I still need to get done for it, you know, in order for it to be like anything close to that, you know, that comics launch benchmark. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've sort of, I think all the pledges that we've had since election day have basically been, you know, personal contacts of mine that I've said, Hey, the book is done. You would, you know, somebody, had, I've got a list of people that were, you know, a little interested, very interested, extremely interested. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I've been kind of just every, you know, every day when I have time, I'll shoot the book out to a handful of people and they're pretty much who's been back in it since Tuesday. It's been, it's been kind of trickling in. Well, and we've been getting uh, shout outs uh, from like your guys' show, mm-hmm. um, a couple other shows that we did. So, I mean, you know, it's trickling in. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think the big thing that's going to make the difference is when I, um, you know, put the time in to get all the images of the rewards on the mm-hmm. campaign, which definitely should have been there from day one. And, other things like that uh, ironed out. Once we once we get that ironed out, we'll be in a better place to do some uh, some promo swaps with people and and actually kind of you know catch people that that stop in. I think right now we look um, cue the rim shot. I think we look a little green on Kickstarter, <laughs> and so um, I'm sure there are people that are a little hesitant to back without seeing images of the rewards and and things like that, which I totally understand. And we we've sort of to that to that point we put a lot of that information into the live stream, but I kind of I kind of caught myself in the last few days uh, before the campaign launched and was like, well, I have either time to do all of this graphic design for the Kickstarter or I have time to edit all these videos for the live stream. Mm-hmm. So we sort of um, we sort of put more more eggs in the basket of the live stream this time, and I think that's one of the lessons that we've learned. Um, but the, you know the the basic campaign needs to be trimmed up to you know to par before the live stream is really going to be as as useful and as vital. I'm wondering though, in this case, um, this is going to give you a lot of material to use for for updates. You know, um, I just got done running a sort of uh, a Kickstarter, and you know, a lot of times I was like, I want to show something new in this update. And, you know, I'd reach out to the artist, be like, Hey, do you have a new sketch? Or to the colorist, Hey, do you know is there a new colored panel I could use? But you guys, um, sort of in a roundabout way, are going to have lots of new imagery and lots of new stuff when you when you go out to update. So, and a one you know one way you're not you're not going to you know, be scrambling to, to find something new to show you, you have sort of this library of material to, to go forward. So. Yeah, we've been, we've been really fortunate on that end for sure. We have, you know, we've got a lot of, um, you know, flatted images pulled out of the pages in a folder that we can, that we can use. And we sort of, I, I got, I successfully laid a whole lot of groundwork and then I've just got, you know, hung up and need to follow through on quite a few things. 
Yeah. So I was going to, we talked a little bit about the election and how it affected it. And, um, but I was, I'm wondering two things now. Um, one, it's, it appears to be over. There's, you know, obviously there's some doubt here, but it appears to be over. Um, so now hopefully people need a distraction from, from this and like, you know, yeah. I like to try to curate my Twitter feed. It's all, you know, art and comics, music and sports and stuff like that. And if I'm not sort of, and I admitted to it earlier, the doom scrolling, but a lot of times I can use it as an escape from, from the real world. So, so now, now maybe people are, they need that escape and, you know, looking for a cool comic to, to, to check out and some art, maybe that could be beneficial to you guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're definitely about content creation. Um, like with the live streams, we're actually kind of trying to fold that. I mean, because we, we just like being on microphones. So we're kind of <laughs> fold it into doing like a DFW focus on artists, musicians and activists, whatever, uh, like video podcast kind of thing. Because cool. Ben's got a studio, we obviously have mics and stuff. So it's, you know, kind of trying to take advantage of what you were saying exactly like there's a, you know, there's, we're not going to run out of demand for content. So nice. It's kind of like at this point, why not other than like being able to follow through and, and do it right. <laughs> How many hats can I wear this week? Yeah. So a lot of times when I have people on that are running a Kickstarter, um, one of the, my sort of go-to questions is how do you keep your sanity? Are you guys hitting that refresh button every, every 30 seconds to see if uh, a backer came in? Uh, how, how are you guys handling that? I think we handled that on the front end with yeah. the low goal. I think if we had, I think if we had done a goal, you know, sort of close to what our, you know, our real ideal goal is. Mm-hmm. I think we would absolutely be beside ourselves with anxiety right now. And I think that's sort of a, a choice we made to kind of sidestep that, not because we weren't that invested, but because we wanted to sort of, um, you know, play to our strengths and and play it smart and, and try and avoid getting into that kind of psychological pitfall. And maybe the election did save us from that a little bit. There was something else to pay attention to. True. So. And we, I mean, yeah, I think, that was the strategy behind doing that really was that we could meet it and not be freaking out about like you were saying, like having that disappointment of like having backers and then not meeting the goal. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what do we do now? You know, definitely didn't want to be in that situation. Yeah. I'm very much a internal locus of control kind of guy. <laughs> so every time I refresh and the number hasn't moved, that's on me. Like that's the way that I think about that. Like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't hustled enough. I haven't moved enough to make that number go up. You know, what's, what's also kind of strange is, uh, you know, I, I was, I was helping out with, with a Kickstarter that wrapped up on Halloween. And, you know, for every time that I sat there and was just sitting at my desk, hitting the refresh button, nothing happened. But if I took my dog out for a walk and I didn't, didn't look at it, like one or two backers would come in. It's sort of like watching a pot of boiling water. Yeah. It won't, it won't boil. So there, there's a strange sort of synergy there. Yeah. That's funny. It's definitely. Um, 
so do you guys have sort of a uh, release schedule that you would like to try? I know that you we were talking that you know the monthly the, the monthly grind of, of somebody that that's an indie you know wearing all of the hats you know is is a little difficult to do. Is there something you guys are looking to do like maybe like quarterly, bi-monthly? What's what's what what are the thoughts here? Quarterly is pretty much where the needle has landed in terms of being able to make you know make funds happen and integrate with the you know, the kind of the, the scheduling of Kickstarters and when Kickstarters would, you know, would be funded and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so the, the target for the next Kickstarter is February. And then the target for, um, you know, getting the book back from the printer and shipping and starting to ship out is March. So we're going to be hope, you know, hopefully shipping out. Um, let's see. I mean, we have a pretty loose schedule for this whole series. So like, mm-hmm. it's like an 18 month schedule for these six issues, I think is what we're, mm-hmm. you know, it's like just sort of setting those deadlines for yourself and then trying to either, you know, meet them as best we can or, or beat them. Like that was on right. my end as the writer. It's like, okay, well, these are the production deadlines, but I want to have all this stuff already, you know, kind of, kind of mentality. It seems to me that like, uh, again, for, for an indie, somebody doing it, you know, soup to nuts, beginning to end, it seems like quarterly is kind of the way that things shape out because it's sort of like 30 days of production, 30 days of running a Kickstarter, 30 days of fulfilling that Kickstarter, and then rinse, repeat, do, do it again. So it's, that really seems like a lot of, that's, that's how it's shaping out for, for a lot of people. So I think quarterly is at this point, unless we all sort of get the big machine behind us to help us move some of those, those, those parts for us, it's, that's really the, not, well, that's really the most realistic and sort of best, you know, timeframe that we can hope for. Right. Yeah. Even, even when we had been talking about trying to launch Red Suns as a monthly in 2021, which was our, you know, our first blue sky goal. Um, even then we, we kind of knew that we would have to have a few issues in the can before we could even, before we could even start putting them out on the monthly. But yeah, I, I agree that quarterly is the new monthly <laughs> as far as the industry goes. So do you guys have any, I mean, you guys are both in Austin, Texas. Is that, is that right? Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. Um, so is, is there any hope that uh, you guys are going to be able to reach out to any sort of shops around you to, to have the book uh, on the shelf there? Absolutely. Yeah, we've definitely already got um, some shops in town that are, are looking forward to getting the book. Um, and we have relationships uh, with a lot of uh, local music folks. So like we can go into the, uh, there's like Docs Records oh, nice. and uh, stuff like that, where we can go in there and be like, hey, we've got cool stuff you know, like Ben and I have been around playing music and just like, you know, knowing all the people it's, there's, there's plenty of like small business owners and what, whatnot that are hooked into that community that we're definitely planning on like saying like, Hey, we've got some cool stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll promote you, you know, yeah, what's going to be interesting is is trying to make sure that it gets into comic stores, you know, mm-hmm. real real comic shops and getting traffic to go that way. But then also trying to make sure that it's available, you know, like he was talking about, it's sort of a little bit more close to our, our personal network in terms of, you know, record stores and places where we have personal connections already. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. There's a place um, near me in Baltimore that's uh, Atomic Books, and it's a it's a comic book shop on one side, and it's a record shop on on the other side, and, and it's got like a micro brewery in the back. It's like I could I could spend uh, yeah. all of my time here if if, if I wanted that sounds to. Sounds great. Yeah. I think I have a friend that played there recently, but that sounds oh. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but well, when that recently, book, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> recently, when the when when the world was normal recently, yeah. right? Um, when that book is is printed and it goes on a shelf somewhere near you guys or is, you know, put up in a record shop, are you guys gonna take a moment to just sort of sit back and just sort of savor that this book that's been in your head for so long is actually a real thing sitting for somebody to to hold in their hands? I'm gonna sit on the floor right in front of it and be like, hey. <laughs> and they hold up my driver's license and hey, look at it. it's my name on the thing. <laughs> nice. It reminds reminds me of the the cartoon from the nineties, the critic, the Matt Grinning show. Mm -hmm. And there was a like Jay, you know, Jay, the character from the show, like released a book and they made like a cardboard cutout to sit in bookstores that oh, was like I automated. Do that. And it just said, <laughs> Buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. So imagining you sitting like on the floor at docks in front of a, <laughs> a spinner rack is pretty awesome. Very cool. <laughs> well, guys, I, uh, I had a great time uh, catching up with you. It's, it's been fun. Um, you know, one of the, the cool things about this is this podcast is when I do have returning guests on, you know, I, I get to see sort of uh, their, their evolution and, and how things are going. And, you know, when we talked last time, this was a book that was coming to Kickstarter. Now this is a book that's on Kickstarter and talking to you guys. Uh, I, I know that there are now plans for, for more. So I, I love to see people sort of, you know, working, sticking with it and, and things going well. So I had a lot of fun catching up with you. Um, but as we close up, you know, the most important thing is for people to check out the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, so let's do, let's do another uh, pitch for, for the book. Um, and then let's have uh, Tyler go first. You can give us your socials and then Ben, you can go second with your socials. Sweet. Okay. Well, we've got uh, on Kickstarter live right now, our campaign for Glurk and Bo. One, meet an angel of death. Um, you can get a digital copy or physical copies or stickers or t-shirts. We have unique rewards from our artists. There's, you can get a commission from Tom or there's paintings you can buy from me. Nice. Uh, that also come with all the swag. Um, so if you want to read a story about two space trucker stoner buddies that get uh, set upon by a nightmare, that's what you want. And I'll also plug number two is haunting at Titan Station. So we're uh, going to get into a larger universe here. Going to bring our characters. Um, yeah, just into more situations. Yeah, and you can find him at, you got to spell your Instagram. Well, yeah. I'll say BG Comics, bgcomics.com first uh, to, you can, um, there's a link to a preview of the book on globalcomics.com. And there's also a link to our Kickstarter campaign on there uh, at bgcomics.com. If you want to find me on Instagram, I am T double E dot E S dot K. Um, that's, I, I post, I like to curate my stuff as well. So I post a lot of my artwork, um, on there. And you've also nice. got the, the Twitters, right? Yeah. But I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're only there because comics world is there. <laughs> 
You can find Glurk on Twitter if you want to talk to uh if you want to talk you're open. Mm-hmm. at Glurk and Bo Forever. I think it's 420 Forever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. At Glurk and Bo 420 Forever. For EVA, the number four. And then um uh you can find me at the bogus green on Twitter. And um yeah, he already he already plugged the the website, which has links to uh, the digital ash can of the comic, which is on the Global Comics platform, which we're we're way into. If you haven't checked out Global Comics, it's way cooler than Comicsology, and it's way Whoa. better for creators. Shots fired. Stones thrown. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm gonna have links to all of that um, in the show notes to make it as easy for po- people as possible to to check out the Kickstarter, check out your stuff. Um, and Tyler, I've seen some of your your art on uh, Instagram. It's 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 great stuff. So that being oh, a you, part man. of the uh, that being part of the the Kickstarter is uh, even more sort of incentive for for people to come over. Yeah, and pictures of the rewards coming soon to the Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> awesome guys. Well, um, again, it was really great catching up with you guys. Um, hopefully, uh, let's say we can pencil in about a quarter from now uh we'll, we'll get together we'll talk about uh issue two and uh keep this keep this ball rolling yeah thank you matt that'll be yeah. wicked when no do problem. i get my dino thrashers oh yeah we uh the the line art just finished up i uh i touched base with the colorist uh he was he was out of uh, contact for a while. He's in the Philippines, but uh, they had a terrible terrible hurricane there. Yeah. So everything is everything is 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 rolling again. So we're we're pretty excited about that. Thanks. Awesome. awesome. So uh, as we close up, I just want to mention for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow our podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Um, also, uh, while we're plugging Kickstarters, I have a story in the Great Commandment anthology. Um, cool. We backed that yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Um, I did that. Uh, I co-wrote that with Noah, who's the normal co-host of this show. Um, it's called Tablets, and we like to sort of pitch it as uh, they live, but instead of sunglasses, it's iPads. Um, nice. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I remember I saw, saw the preview for that one. That one looks great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So that's on Kickstarter as well for a few more days. So there's going to be lots of Kickstarter links in in the show notes, but uh, guys, it was cool to to catch up. I want to thank you for being on everybody. uh, Please be nice, be safe to uh, be safe uh, and go out there and make some comics.